have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. And now, broadcasting live, it's time for the Kick-Ass Radio Show. Your place for motivation, inspiration, and edumacation. Each week, our host, Christopher Rausch, and his guest shares what it takes for you to have an unstoppable attitude for your personal and professional success. And now, for your host, Mr. Kick-Ass himself. It's That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's my life, Bon Jovi, and we are broadcasting live from our studio here in sunny Southern California. I want to welcome you all to the Kick-Ass Radio Show tonight. You're at your place for motivation, inspiration, and, of course, education. I'm your host, Christopher Rausch, and want to welcome you all to our show today. We are here every single Monday night at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time to bring you hand-selected guests who come on here and share their story and give at least five tips that you can begin using immediately to have an unstoppable attitude. Yes, unstoppable. Does that mean that every day is going to be great? No. That means that when you have those down days that you're going to know what to do, how to get yourself out of the funk and get yourself back in the game. That's what we teach here. Uh, we are, uh, we've, we've just, uh, today is uh, show number 119 of the Kick-Ass Radio Show. Some people said, oh my God, I don't think this is going to last very long, but here we are, show number 119. So if you take 118 shows that I've done and you multiply that by five tips, that comes out to 595 tips that I've shared with you every Monday night for the last, I don't know, however many days that is. I'm bad at math. Uh, <laughs> for about a year and a half, two years, something like that. Um, you know, when you think about that, there's 595 tips. There is absolutely no excuse why you should be living in a funk this day and age. I mean, just if it's not my show, it's the Internet, it's Google, it's YouTube. I mean, there's just so much information out there. It blows my mind when people say, I didn't know that or I don't know where to find that. It just blows my mind. So my point is that I'm here every Monday night to bring you a kick-ass radio show with great people that you can begin using the, the tips and the information that you learn right now. I don't want it to take three months for you to do it. I want it to be something where you can write it down and go, you know what, I'm going to start doing that tomorrow. I'm going to start doing that tonight. I'm going to take responsibility for my actions, and I'm actually going to get myself and uh, get myself into a better place. So that's just my little rant for the moment. I can do that because it's my radio show. You know what I mean? So uh, if you want to go back, and, and people know that this is live, uh, so I'm going to welcome you to call into the show tonight if you want. Um, pen and paper would be handy, so I'm just going to rattle this off anyway. So hopefully I will say it again. But the number to call in tonight is 646-378-1582. Again, that's 646-378-1582. Or you can hit me up via Twitter. Uh, it's at kickassguide. So it's kick-ass, G-U-I-D-E. Hit me up there if you want to ask a question. And, of course, you can always email us, info at thekickassradioshow.com. If you are scared to be on the radio, you're scared to talk to me, scared to talk to my guests, or you just don't feel like talking. Anyways, um, so like I was just about to say, because I'm like that all over the place, um, if you go over to ChristopherRausch.com, R-A-U-S-C-H, ChristopherRausch.com, you can actually listen to these shows because they go to podcasts. So not only are we broadcasting live, but also they go to podcast afterwards. So you can go over to ChristopherRausch.com, hit the radio show tab up at the top, and you go down, and there's a link to iTunes where all the shows are at. If you don't like iTunes, don't have an iTunes account, you can also listen right there from the webpage. Uh, but if you go to the iTunes account, you can actually subscribe so you catch all the shows and you don't miss them. So anyways, that's just a little bit of housekeeping here. really encourage you to go back and listen to those shows. Give me some feedback. Let me know what you like. Uh, let me know what you don't like. I love that kind of stuff. So uh, that's what I'm going to say about that. And speaking of shows, last week, I uh, hope you guys got a chance to tune in. We were talking with the kick-ass Marcus Slayton. Marcus is uh, a friend of mine. He's become an inspiration of mine. And finally, we got him on the kick-ass radio show and we talked about you know a lot of different things. It was really actually cool. I like having that that multifaceted conversation where it's just not about one thing. We talked about 
how to get your ego out of life. You know, we get our, we, we do so much based on ego and that gets us into trouble and screws us up. So we talked about getting the ego out of life. Um, we talked about, you know, what I just talked about a second ago, the valleys, you know, the, the deepest parts that we go through are actually sometimes the best things that we go through because they're there to teach us a lesson. And I tell everybody, you know, everything happens for a reason. And of course, what doesn't kill me makes me stronger. It's tattooed on my arm. But, you know, when you think about that and you think, okay, if I'm going to go through some tough times, what is the reason for this? What am I supposed to do with this? What am I supposed to learn from this? How am I going to teach somebody else, you know, if they have to go through it? You know, that's that's the point of life. You can't just expect everything to be perfect all the time because that's ridiculous. You're going to go through crappy times. And that's what I'm here for is to give you the ammunition when you go through those times what would Christopher do? What would Christopher say? What would be his advice? How would he get through that? How would so-and-so get through that? You know, your mentors. Um, and we talked about what it means to do your best. And this is really important. I want you guys to go back and listen to the show because, you know, sometimes if I, if I ask you, hey, did you do the best you could? 99% of the people are going to say, well, yeah, I did the best I could. It's a, it's a get-out-of-jail card kind of. So we talked about what it really means to do your best. Uh, it's a great show talked a lot about different different things, but mostly around mindset. That's what we talk about here at the Kick-Ass Radio Show. And that's going to be no difference uh, tonight. And I'm, I'm really super excited. Uh, my guest tonight is doing something that I believe, you know, really in my heart is, is saving lives and is going to save lives uh, moving forward. My guest tonight is Dan Spangler, and he uh, came back from active duty, thank you very much, back in 2003, injured and hurting. And what he did is he adopted a pup named Spanky, a dog. I call him pups. Uh, he, got, he adopted a uh, dog named Spanky who helped him get through his reintroduction into civilian life. Uh, and now what he's doing is he's taking his passion to the streets, literally. He just completed a 6,000-mile round trip uh, across the United States from North Carolina uh, to raise funds and awareness for uh, his organization, KeepYourSpanky.com, uh, which helps vets to keep their pets. So, it's with a honor and privilege to welcome to the Kickass Radio Show tonight. Dan, are you there with us, sir? I am, Christopher. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no problem. My it's my it's my honor and my privilege to have you on here tonight. I think both of what you've done with the active service in our military, thank you so much. Uh, I'm proud to have you on here as well. And then also what you're doing now with uh, animals, which are my, my my next favorite to humans, sometimes my more favorite to humans, and how you're helping other people uh, in life. You know, it's just, uh, I think what you're doing is fantastic. So um, I just kind of just did a regular uh, introduction of you. But what I'd like for you to do, Dan, is to just, just tell us about you and your journey in life and what makes you a kick-ass guy. Well, thanks. Uh, to start off, you know, again, I appreciate everybody listening in. I, I, I've been expecting, I've been waiting for this interview with you, and I thank you so much for having having me on and, and believing in what we're what we're doing. So you are most welcome. To talk about a little bit about myself, real simple is, you know, I was a standard uh, Marine that went into the Marine Corps right after high school. Uh, went in with the passion of electronics and 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 helping the country and, and working electronics and. Lo and behold, after being in the military, I deployed to Iraq, and I was injured. And so that changed my whole perspective of life. I planned on being a career Marine and, and retired out of the Marine Corps and things like that. So things changed very quickly. I jumped over, jumped out of a truck during a firefight in Iraq and ended up with my femur through my pelvic bone. And so, Ooh. yeah. <laughs> so Did you say femur um, through your pelvic bone? Yeah. Um, come to find <laughs> out, you know, I was over there for a couple more um I was actually over there for about two more months after this incident happened. And uh, every time I kept talking to the doc saying, hey, it hurts, you know, it hurts to walk and things like that, you know, they kept saying, oh, it's just a strained muscle and it's just a full tendon or, you know, some kind of excuse that said, oh, you'll be all right when you get back to the state side. When I did get back, they finally did an MRI and saw that there was a hole in my hip from where my femur had pushed through and destroyed all the cartilage. And so, yeah. Holy With that being said, shit. yeah. With the wrinkle you know, with that being said, the Marine Corps pretty much said I wasn't a use to them anymore since I, I needed a hip replacement. And so I was medically retired from the Marine Corps in 2004. And so, as I mentioned, things changed very quickly for me. But with that being said, also, something great came out of that situation. And when I came back from Iraq in 03, I adopted a Spanky from the shelter. And I've always loved dogs, and I always had them. But, you know, I came back. I was dealing with my medical issues. I was dealing with coming back from war zone. And so I've sought the attention, you know, of a pet. And so 
Spanky came in as just a pet. And at the time, in 2003 and four, I didn't realize what he was actually doing for me. But now, looking back, he's the reason I'm alive today. He was the reason that I am here talking to you and, and spreading the good word and helping other veterans and, and families now. And he did that just by being there for me. And being mm. a junior Marine coming out and not realizing that kind of stuff, I thought I was fine when I got back and dealt with everything as it went. And without him being there, I don't think I'd be here talking to you because there was a lot of things that he helped me through and just emotionally. You know, when you're hurt constantly, there's something you're looking for, compassion and, and love. And, and not that family or friends didn't give it to me, but that was the unconditional love, the support that he gave was amazing. And he didn't even ask to do it. He just was there. And so that's why we've been so fortunate with our, our plea to go forward with this program. So getting back on the story about myself, um, you know, that was in 2003 and four. So I spent the next few years um, doing some different odd jobs. I actually got into the training world because of Spanky. I became a certified dog trainer right after I got out of the Marine Corps because I was offered a job as a trainer. I took it and, and loved the, the world of training. But then it came quickly that being a trainer wasn't enough to take care of my bills and, and financially take care of us. So I ended up going back and doing some government work, working for some contractors, and actually went back to Iraq for about three years total as a government contractor. And something was telling me that I needed to work in the animal world. And I'd always loved being around Spanky and being in that world. So in 2010, I decided to walk away from everything and walk straight out and started my own company doing boarding, daycare, grooming, and training for dogs. And it was probably one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. Because I walked away from what I did care about, you know, working as a government contractor, but now I was really in my passion of working with animals, and I got to spend all my time with Spanky. And 2010, that's when it started, and we are now in, going on year five of our company. It's called the Dog Stream. And in 2011, we actually started a nonprofit to go along with it. We had started our company in 2010, and by 2011, we realized that we were giving back so much to the community that we needed to start our own nonprofit. And in 2011, we founded the A Dog Stream Dreamers Foundation. And that's where this new program that we are starting falls under. Operation Keep Your Spanky was born because of my realization of what Spanky has done for me in my life. And that without him around, I may not be here to speak with you and, and spread the word to help other veterans and military families. So this year, we founded the Operation Keep Your Spanky program, which is to provide food and low-cost veterinary care to veterans and military families. So that when they're struggling financially, they don't have to make a decision between feeding their family or feeding their pet or giving up their pet in worst-case scenario where they have to, you know, make a real hard decision so that veterans and other military families have the same support structure I did. As I mentioned, Spanky started out as just a basic pet. He was the same dog that everybody else gets in the shelter, but he has turned into a lot more for me. And being in the military and being around the, the veterans, this this is not an uncommon story that veterans have, you know, found compassion and love in, in the animal world. And so we're here now to spread that word and help raise money to keep them with their pets. And that's where you and I came about because you heard about the wonderful journey that we were doing across country that you mentioned. Yeah, and actually, and, 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 and oh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I was say, and that journey was the initial idea of this program was to turn around and raise awareness and raise funding for this program. So we're just in the very different stages of the program. But yeah, that's how we. Wow. Dan, thank you so much for, for sharing that. And if you guys are just joining us on the kick-ass radio show, we're my guest tonight, Dan Spangler is uh, just coming on here and sharing his story, his journey of, of being in the military in Iraq and having his femur bone shoved up through his, uh, <laughs> what was that again? Uh, I, when I jumped off the truck, I felt a big pop, and what happened was we deduced that uh, my femur had pushed through all the cartilage and everything into my pelvic bone when I had jumped off the truck. And so I have a, a hole in my hip, for lack of a better term. I'm sure there's a medical terminology out there for it, but I just know it as a hole in my hip. <laughs> wow. Well, I just, I just got to say thank you for, for sharing that. And um, I have so many questions based on that. It, but I'm going to go back to – 
what how you felt and how Spanky helped you because I I totally totally believe in this and I believe that I've seen I've seen elderly patients at Ola at uh, nursing homes when my mom was there I've seen them they just they wake up you know there's something about an animal's presence whether it's a cat I mean especially a dog I'm not sure why but it just there's something magnetic about their personalities and how they can help, you know, kids that are sick or help, you know, wounded warriors and, and just helping other people. Just there's this magic about it. But talk to us about how Spanky did that. I mean, I know we talked about <clears throat> unconditional love, which I totally get. I've, I've been around animals my entire life. Um, but talk to us about some of those times where he came and like, you know, saved you, if you will. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and, and again, now that I look back at my life, and this is where a lot of this has come from, because in 2003, four, when this was all going on, I was the young, dumb green that I called myself. You know, I was invincible. Even though I was injured, I was still invincible. Um, if you talk to any other Marines, that's the way we are. You know, we're you know, the hottest thing out there. Nothing, nothing can hurt us. Even though <laughs> yeah. on the inside we may be, we may be destroyed and, and hurting, but uh, there's nothing that can destroy us. And heaven forbid we even talk about any kind of thing that would be you know, harmful to us. And so during that time, we were, I mean, I think we were, we were just going along with the flow, and that's sort of what we did as Marines, coming back from the war zone and dealing with all the issues and, and things like that, but we never talked about it. We never let it out. And so there was many a time that Spanky was always there for me to talk to. So at night, sometimes, you know, things you've seen can't be unseen. And unfortunately, myself and a lot of other veterans and, and, and military have seen or done things that they can't talk about, that they don't want to talk about, that they don't ever want to think about again. But as soon as there's a smell, as soon as there's a noise, as soon as something happens, it's an automatic flashback. And it's happened everywhere from being at a music concert to my personal home to driving down the road. It just happened. And coming straight back from the war zone, the situations were so real in your head that it's it's a struggle when you wake up and you, you realize what's going on. Um, and Spanky was there for me when I'd wake up and, and have, you know, night terrors, wake up and be like, oh, wow, you know, somebody's there for me. And he's, he's laying right next to me. And I think that's one of the strongest things that he's ever did for me was to be there for me when that kind of stuff happened. And then along with all my medical issues, when I'd come back home after a long day of still being in the military because I was fighting the military for my retirement and things like that, it's just going all day with pain and, and dealing with it. And then on top of that, the struggles of the bureaucracy of the military and, and fighting for my retirement. It's sad that I had to, I put my fingers in my telephone, yet I had to fight the military to get my retirement. Because, you know, they're like, oh, the VA will take care of it. Just, just walk out of the military, they'll take care of everything. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. Um, that was wow. my response to the military was, yeah, no, you guys hurt me. I'm going to stay in until I get taken care of. And so right. there were some real real big struggles with that. And, you know, sometimes you just need that, that warm embrace of somebody or something that comes and just lays their head on your lap, and all you do is sit there, pat their head, and just relax. And sure. I, can't, I can't even tell you how many times that happens to Spank, um, because I dealt with the military for about a year after we found out about my injuries fighting to get all this taken care of. And my retirement was denied the first time because they didn't say it was bad. Enough. And I said, I put my femur through my pelvic bone. What else? I mean, how bad does it need to be? I mean, short of losing my leg, I'm pretty sure I destroyed it pretty good. And wow, so that's it, it was, criminal. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that was one of the, the big things that happened during my, my time in the military was just now there's a lot of uproar about taking care of our veterans and things like that. A few years ago, you know, when, well, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, when the war was just going on, there wasn't a whole lot of follow-through. And same thing for the veterans of all the other wars before us. You know, every year, every time there's a war or a conflict, things get a little bit better for the veterans. You know, you know, back in 1991, uh, 92, during the Gulf War, there wasn't a whole lot of support for those guys. And then this, this war, there was a little bit more support, but not as much. And now we're getting further into it, so... Mm-hmm. But yeah, there was a there was a lot of struggles that Spanky helped me with, and it was it was blind in my eyes. And I think one of the biggest things out of this trip, and I know all your listeners are looking for those tidbits of information, is this trip gave me a chance to really get to know some veterans across country who 
were a reflection of myself down and talked to a group of veterans that, you know, are still active duty right now or, or, or getting ready to get out. And they talk about their pet and how much they love their pet, how they can't be away from their pet. And some of them said, you know, I love my pet so much that I miss them more than my family when I'm gone. Mm-hmm. It, keyed, yep. it, it keyed right into me going, oh, wow, this was me in 2003 and four when I was dealing with all this. I shut everything else out. My family loved me. I had lots of friends. But it was my, it was Spanky that was there for me that I, I missed more than anything. And mm-hmm. that says tons for the, for the program that we're starting to help veterans keep their pets. Because if we, as veterans, turn around and lose our pet, you know, if I would have went through a financial hardship and lost Spanky, I may not be here. If we would have really gotten through a financial hardship and I said, hey, look, I've got to feed myself and, you know, be able to put a roof over my head and I can't afford, you know, $20 a month for dog food, then sorry, Spanks, you're gone. But that, that decision right there, that small decision of losing my pet could have lost a lot more than just my pet. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and Dan, I want to ask you because um, this question is like in, in my mind right now. Um, do you know a lady by the name of Janine Lutz? Name sounds she, familiar, she has, but I she has, she has a program called Live to Tell, and she was on my show. Geez, last year I'm bad at dates. She was on my show last year, and she's got an organization she created called Live to Tell. I got to put you in contact with her. She came on the show. I met her through uh, some common people that we know that I know in, in uh-huh. the speaking circuit. And um, she wanted to, she has a voice because her son came back from active duty and like many of them, uh, he could not get, he could not get reacclimated to civilian life. And I personally have never been in the military. I thank God for my military men and women out there. I, I, so I don't know. I didn't understand how bad it was, but she came on the show and it was one of my, one of my most proudest shows. Uh, and she talked about how her son came back from active duty and they wanted to put him on like 20 different medications, antipsychotics and all this other stuff. And half of them had caveats on there about, you know, may cause suicidal thoughts. And she talked to us about what her son went through and how he would confide in her about, um, you know, what he was feeling. They had codes, like if they're out in public and he would be like, okay, I'm feeling code blue. You know, I'm looking around and I'm seeing suspicious characters. And, you know, like you were just saying, your instinct of, of seeing things that you can't unsee and then coming back and then having your own government, you know, do that. And I, I'm just, I just want to take a second on this one. Um, how did, how did, how does that make you feel? And how does, I mean, is, what can we do to help change that perspective or, and that, and that treatment that, oh, well, you know, we could send you in a harm's way and do all this shit, but now we're going to come back and we're going to douse you full of pills and we're not going to give you your, 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 your retirement. Well, I, I think the biggest thing is, is, and this is above and beyond just, the military and just above us is unfortunately I think the elected officials that we have in place nowadays have lost perspective of themselves and what their true job is and that the people that we're electing is more because of the name and because they're getting a lot of support from major corporations that have an agenda that they need held up and and a lot of it is you know they're out of touch with the rest of society you know, if you've been in Congress for 40 years, things have changed. Life has changed. <laughs> People have changed. And I don't think some of these elected officials are doing the best job possible. I think they're still in the position because they've been there and they've, they're they able to win the majority because of age and time and place and because of support from major corporations and things like that. And unfortunately, the military takes a hit for that. You know, I just recently found out that um, – one of the newer medical procedures out there that could help my hip is being denied by TRICARE, military's medical care, um, because it is a, a newer technology that's not 100% proven. So Congress has a very straight line on that, that if it's not a proven technology, that they won't even think about it. But this is a technology that could turn around and possibly help me and keep me off of pills. Because right now I've been on Vicodin for years because of my my issue with my hip. And so mm. I think a lot of the problem is, is that we're not electing people that really have the the true heart to be in a public office, which is to take care of the public, which is to take care of mm-hmm. the people. It's not to be there to be a namesake for a brand or a corporation. Their job is to be in office to take care of this country. And 
myself and all the other veterans and anybody else that's part of this country needs to be taken care of by them. And that's not happening. And so to answer your question, I think that's where we need to start, that there has to be a hard line look at who is in our office and who is represented. You know, slowly but surely, there's more veterans that are applying for running for office. And I I can only hope that in the future we have more veterans in office. You know, it, it, it astounds me right now that our president could turn around and be the president without ever serving in our military. And that, and that's a simple rule that could easily be added in that would be a requirement. And I think that's an important one, considering how much we do in our military. Right. But that's just yeah. <laughs> no, I... I, the reason I asked you that, honestly, I'm not going to really go down that, that, that path, but I think it's important for the listeners to know, you know, what what you guys go through and the harsh reality of it. Like, I, I mean, going back to that show I did with Janine, I was mortified, you know, talking about uh, suicide by cop and all these different things. And, and I'm like, well, Howard, you know, where do they go? Oh, they go to the VA. And I've got friends that, you know, joke around they're like, oh, I have to go to the VA and they're going to, you know, I'm going to spend, you know, 20 hours there and I'm not going to get any, any help and stuff like that. It just, it just blows my mind. And, and, you know, part of me, honestly, if I, I have a big set of balls, honestly, I, I, every once in a while, I think I'm going to run for president and I'm going to see what, just what happens. I'm just going to run for president and I'm going to put it out there and I'm going to be a man of the people and none of this bullshit, none of this special interest, you know, all this other stuff and just go right. out there and just, just see if I could pot. I mean, I don't know shit about politics. I stopped following politics a long time ago because it's just, I just was like, okay, I'm just going to fucking want to shoot somebody. Not literally guys out there in the video <laughs> land, but you know, it's just like, holy crap, you know? Um, all the different things that go on, and and you just you just kind of just go, holy shit! I'm gonna go move to Norway or something like that. But um, so I appreciate you sharing that. And if you get, I'm gonna I want to connect you with Janine because I think what you're doing is can can help the people she's trying to help. Also, we had we had mothers calling in that have lost their kids. We had a a, a gentleman from um from uh, Jesus, my brain's gonna fart right now. Um, Afghanistan. We had a live caller call from Afghanistan. Uh, because he had heard about the show and it was just just amazing and it just it was very educational. So um, I stand behind that wholeheartedly. Um, I'm going to get off that soapbox for a second uh, because I think what you're doing. I want to focus on the positives of what we can do. Some of the stuff that is just like monumental. But so where we talk to us about the inspiration for doing the trip and 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 talk to us about. Uh, the planning and the preparation that had to go on with that, getting sponsors, and, you know, what did your friends and family say about it? <laughs> well, um, so at the beginning of it all, I was in a, uh entrepreneur event uh, last year. Very simply, somebody asked, why are you doing what you do? One of the speakers just came up in front of the entrepreneurs and, and said, why are you doing what you do? And I think the the biggest thing that hit me from that, it's a simple question, and a lot of people answer, hey, you know, I'm doing it because it's a great career, I'm doing it because it's you know, I've got potential here or whatever. But I I found all those answers in myself of that was sort of cheesy, you know, and that's a that's a gimmick, you know, hey, I got a great career. And so I started really looking at myself and, and I realized I am in the animal care industry right now because of Sankey. He changed my life. You know, when I started when I joined the military I was gonna be a Marine all the way through to my retirement and that's what I was gonna do. And unfortunately due to my injury I could do that. So when I got out, he saved my life and he changed my life. And so he's the reason I'm in taking care of pets and, and, and helping in veterans now. And so that's when this started, this idea started creeping my head of, wow, you know, I'm really, I'm in this industry because of him and he's changed my life 180 degrees. So the, you know, made some changes and we, we added him to the logo and we started talking more about why I'm doing what I do. But on the Dreamers Foundation side, our nonprofit side, I wanted to look for another way to give back and, and, and support our community. And so I came up with this idea that we would support veterans and military families by providing food and low-cost veterinary care. Because I realized in my life, if I would have had support or if I would have had a situation, there was nothing there for me. You know, there's no food bank that I know of at the time for pets. So if I was to get into a financial hardship, you know, it's, well, uh, either don't feed your pet or you don't feed yourself. And so I started putting these ideas, this idea together. And beginning of this year, I said, you know what, this is a program. We're going to go out, we're going to build a food bank for pets, and that veterans and military families can come to us and apply for help when they have a financial hardship. 
you know, they come in and say, hey, look, my husband lost his job. My wife, you know, got in a car accident. She can't work. You know, we were doing fine. We love our pets. But the last six months, we haven't had an extra paycheck. We're now to the, you know, we're, we're losing money. We can't afford it. Can you help us keep our pet in our home? Because this is, you know, being in the rescue industry and working with the rescue world for the Dreamers Foundation, there was a lot of people out there to help the pets that have a need for a home. But why don't we be proactive and keep the pets in their home? Yes, absolutely. These veterans, these no, veterans and families. Oh, good. No, I was just going to ask you a quick question. Is this for is this for people local to North Carolina, or is this for people across the United States? Right now, this program is brand spanking new. Um, okay. We haven't even run our first round of donations out to the public yet. Earlier this year, we started the idea of the program, and this last trip that we did, this big adventure, this 30-day uh, cross-country trek, was the fundraising slash announcing the program. So currently, we're in the process of building the program so that we have the first round of veterans. Now, it will start out locally in eastern North Carolina. If you don't know, we have a lot of military in eastern North Carolina. We have major Marine Corps bases. We have a major Army base and an Air Force base, all within about 150 miles of my location, right there in eastern North Carolina. And so we are starting out locally. Obviously, we got to start somewhere. But I believe this is going to be a nationwide program, and we'll be covering the country eventually when we have the funding and the ability to do so because there's veterans and military families everywhere. So we're going to do everything we can to support them across the country. But to go back to the, the story a little bit where we were going, you know, I, at the beginning of the year, I said, Hey, look, this is the program I want to do. How are we going to do this? And I came up with this crazy idea. I talked to my, my wife about, and I said, Hey, uh, you know, go travel across country. And I, at first, I didn't know what else to say. I said, I'm, gonna start <laughs> I'm leaving you, baby. And, yeah. I'm like, well, I, I think what I'm just going to go. Yeah. That's, you know, I, I think I'm just going to travel across country. And she's like, no, you're not. <laughs> I said, what? Hold on. She's like, no, you're not doing this by yourself. Because, again, the idea of this adventure was I was going to walk out the doors of Camp Lejeune with the intention of going all the way from eastern North Carolina to the gates of Camp Pendleton, which is in San Diego, and then all the way back to Camp Lejeune in 30 days. And that's over 6,000 miles. Right. And the plan was to walk out the door with 50 bucks in my pocket, a pack on my back, and my dog, myself at first. And that was it. That was just me. And I was just going to do it, just to raise funds and awareness about this program and, and do sort of a nomadic adventure or hobo-style adventure. With a and, bum leg. <laughs> yeah, with a bum leg. And so uh, she's like, yeah, no, you're not going to do that. Not by yourself, at least. And I said, well, who else am I going to get to take off 30 days? I said, there's not too many people I know. She's like, well, take Spanky with you. I was like, hold on. You want me to take a 12-year-old dog with me? <laughs> I was like, this is already going to be a struggle. I already have a bum leg. It's already going to be hard for me to do all this. I said, then you want me to take a senior dog with me? Right. She's like, I know you're going to take better care of him than yourself. She's like, you're going to stop what he's hurting if, you, if he's hurting. Right. So it made a little bit of sense. And I was like, okay. Logic my wife. All right. Good deal. Makes sense. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll bite in. And so it, it turned into the Spanky and Dan show. We were going to turn around and him and I were going to travel. And that was beginning of March. So we planned and we put everything together. And I got a small team of friends that all volunteered to help with this. And you and I have a, a good friend in common, Deanne. Yeah. Uh, she she turned around and, and was a rock star during this. She was sort of our operations manager. She put everything together. She was the one that put all the information together and started building content and, and sort of ran the entire behind the scenes, reaching out to organizations and stuff for us. And so from March till April when we left, we – did some basic planning. We got a website up. We put them out on Facebook. We built a Facebook page. It just got the word out. And so I purposely only planned for about six weeks to do this trip. And for everybody out there listening, I walked away from my company with less than six weeks of my time planned for this trip. It was one of those things, if you've ever had that, I have a feeling I need to do this and I don't know exactly why. This yep. was one of those times. Mm-hmm. And Come hell or high water, I was going to walk out the damn door and do this. It didn't matter if my company was perfectly set or or not.
wife said no or, you know, my family thought I was nuts, which they all did. Uh, my mother still denies to this day that I actually did it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she she denied it adamantly that I was never going to do this. She's like, I, I, just, I don't believe it's going to happen. So it's not going to happen. And I said, okay. And I, you know, I called wow. her when I was on the road going, hey, mom, I'm in Texas. Guess where I'm at? Oh, I'm in California. <laughs> and so, Taking snapshots with landmarks. See, mom, I actually did leave. Yeah, exactly. And I said, yep, look at us. Look what we're doing. <laughs> nice. And so it was uh, it, it was one of those things. And and so I did all this planning purposely, just, just enough to get us started. And that was it. I didn't want it well planned out. I didn't want to know where I was going to be sleeping every night. I didn't want to turn around and think, have people think, oh, well, this is just a, you know, a gimmick. He's just doing this. No, but we walk out the door with nothing. And so the one big change to the story was this was all planned for myself and Spanky to go for from March of this year till about April 15th, which is about 10 days before we left. It was planned to be Dan and Spanky traveling across country, this, that, and the other. And then all of a sudden I got a, a text message from a random guy that said, hey, my name is Joe. I'm friends with Marty. I love dogs. I'm a veteran. I want to help you. Now, I don't know this guy. And I was like, sure, whatever. So I talked to him and handcuffed that behind out. He's a, a former Army Ranger. He got hurt in Afghanistan. He does. He has a uh, nonprofit called One Pet, One Vet, where they take dogs to the shelter, train them, and give them out of service animals. Mm. And he's also a dog trainer. And he's like, look, I just want to help you. So we started talking. The next thing I know, he's like, hey, I'll go with you if you want me to. And so... He said, all right, I'm coming down. And three days before we left, which was uh, April 26th was the date we left, Camp Lejeune, he came down, and him and his service dog came down, and we met for the first time in person. And then we decided to go on the road for 30 days. Wow. That <laughs> is a lot incredible. Of people, That's awesome. His name is Joe Trainer Jr., right? Yep, Joe Trainer Jr., and his dog is CT, which stands for crunch time because he was uh, about to be euthanized when they – when they save him at the shelter. Oh, jeez! I tell you, I tell you, Dan. I if I could do it, I would save every damn animal in the world. I'm, you know, I have a friend of mine, um, Red. We call her Red on Facebook. She's constantly like, "Hey, can anybody save this animal? Can anybody save this animal?" I mean, she's doing amazing work, and it's just like, "Oh my God, you're breaking my heart." If I if I could do that, so I think what you guys are <laughs> what you guys are doing is awesome. And not even knowing each other. I mean, it's like, all right, well, let's just start walking and see what happens. I mean, I think that's totally, I mean, yep. I mean, this, this is the kick-ass radio show. So that, Dan, qualifies as definitely being kick-ass because, number one, <laughs> you were doing something to help uh, somebody else and somebody something greater than you. And number two, you took your pooch with you. I mean, that's that's awesome. I mean, how did how did uh, Spanky do on the, on the trip? You know, it, the dogs did awesome. Um, we were lucky enough that when we started all this, we had really – plan to take care of the dogs it was very little about joe and i and when we when we went to leave the door uh that morning or that the night before we measured our packs because we we planned on walking but it was by any means necessary because to try to make it from one coast to the other and back in 30 days it's humanly impossible to travel by walking or running and so it was by any (laughs) means necessary but we we packed in the essence of walking or having to travel by foot for some of it. And so our packs, we had all of our stuff in there. Well, after we got done putting the dog food in and the dog's first aid kit and the dog this, the dog's extra leashes and the dog fat and the, all this dog stuff, his was about Ooh. 22 pounds. And wow. all, all Joe and I had were small hygiene bags and a small clothing bag. And so, you know, 85% of our bags were dog stuff. And so it became very evident that that was what we are, our main goal was to take care of them. So both dogs did extremely well throughout the entire trip. Um, so much so that they became almost rock stars. They, um, when we had vehicles and things like that, they would turn around and we'd get to a, a place to do an interview with the TV or the news media or some sort. And these guys would sort of just hop out of the car, prance around a little bit, get some love, you know, get the attention <laughs> of the crowd that was there to meet us. And then be like, oh, I need to go back in the air conditioning. I'm going to hop back in the car and go back. (laughs) And so they became just like they had their own hotel room booked. So what happened, we were coming through Midland, Texas, and uh, Holiday Inn uh, Inn in Midland, Texas stepped up and donated two hotel rooms to us. 
said, hey, when you guys get here, we'll put you up for the day. Wonderful. And so we're on our way in, and we're coming in sort of late, so I called to let them know we are going to be coming in at, like, 9 o'clock at night. And the girl's like, sir, we don't have a reservation for you. I'm like, I know we have one. I got an email from your general manager saying that they gave us two rooms. You know, check, you know, Dan Spangler, Joe Trainer, whatever. And she couldn't find it. And so she comes back. She's like, well, let me call the GM, and I'll give you a call back in a minute. So we're driving, and she calls me back, and, hey, um, we found your reservation. It's actually under Spanky. <laughs> it's like, put the reservation under my dog's name. Yep, he's officially his superstar status. He's a he superstar. Has his own he's a room. kick-ass rock star. Yep, and so we've got I, – I, I took a picture of it when we got there in their computer system showing Spanky has his own room. I remember so, seeing that. Yeah. I followed all your pictures as, as you went through the journey. Yep. Yep, and it was out there. We put it out there because we just – at that point, that was about a week or a week or so into it, and we just started laughing. Like, yep, it's all about the dogs. And it's, so it, what, it truly is. Yeah, and I, I think that I think that's awesome. And the, the the question that comes to my mind is, I mean, there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of excitement. But, you know, 75-pound pack on your back, you know, very little stuff for you guys. Were there some dark times where you're like, holy shit, what the hell was I thinking? I'm, I'm, I'm out here, and I'm in the middle of, you know, Timbuktu, and there's a tornado coming, and it's raining. And, I mean, were there any dark times, or did it, did it, did it actually wind up being just a really good trip? Well, it was a really good trip overall, but we we all went through a little bit of a dark time here and there. And I think the biggest thing that really weighed in on Joe and I was just the fact that we we would wake up the next day and not know exactly what we were going to do or how we were going to get somewhere or where we were going to stay or how we were going to eat. You know, in our daily lives, we have everything so well planned out and we have so many for sure. You know, we, are, we have a car, we have a house, we, we have food in our refrigerator. And this trip took all that away from Joe and I. You know, we made sure the dogs always had stuff. We we purposely packed all their food and all their medications if they needed anything in case they got hurt. So the dogs at no time were ever going to have to worry about starving. But Joe and I, on the other hand, um, we didn't. All we had was 50 bucks in our pocket in our bags. And so I think that was one of the biggest things. And in some days were better than others because some days we – you know, we already had a hotel lined up for the next day. So we knew, you know, tonight we slept in the car, but tomorrow we've got a hotel that somebody bought for us. And same thing with food. You know, hey, you know, tonight we don't have a whole lot to eat. Let's eat some beef jerky and, you know, a bag of popcorn that we had from the hotel. Uh, we actually took one of our things. We uh, we were at a Five Guys burger that somebody bought us lunch at, and we sort of snuck a whole bunch of peanuts out of there. I don't know if you've heard of the Five Guys, but they got – They've got three peanuts. And so uh, I said, hey, this is free food, dude. You know, let's. So we got mm-hmm. this little Ziploc bag out of our bags and sort of filled it up with peanuts. And that was one of our dinners one night was peanuts because we didn't have any money. And so we ate peanuts. <laughs> but um, I think that was one of the biggest things was that it was just the, the stress of constantly having to search for ourselves. Yeah. Um, but it was never it was never a dark, dark day, thankfully. Uh, luckily, we had some really good weather. Uh, we traveled for 30 days straight and only had two days of actual rain. And, it, you know, it's, the funny thing is everybody says, oh, it's Southern California. It's beautiful and sunny and warm. Not in May. When we <laughs> showed up, it was 58 degrees and raining. And that was the one one of the two days of rain that we had in the entire trip was in sunny Southern California. Wow. Wow, that's great. So what? So you, we, we talk about the dark times and the tough times. Because I've definitely been through that. I don't know if you know my story, but I was homeless at the age of 13 and lived in the backseat of a station wagon with 18 cats and four dogs. So talk about somebody who didn't want to give up their animals. That was my mom. My mom uh, put the animals in front of everybody else. So I definitely can uh, understand, okay, where's the next meal going to come from? But talk to us about some of the things that surprised you. You know, Maybe some of the people you met on, on the way or some of the things you learned about yourself or learned about Spanky or learned about Joe. Some of the things that really surprised you that just will stick with you forever. Well, to go back, I guess one of the big things that I didn't mention during this, and you probably have some information about, but um, for the rest of the listeners, Joe is an amazing guy. Um, when he contacted me, obviously he was all about helping us and things like that, but he also has a small, I call it small, but it's actually a big thing in his, in his life right now, in that Joe is in the process of losing his vision due to his injuries from Iraq, or from Afghanistan. Yeah, I read that. And so, 
And so Joe and I, when we first talked, he had just got diagnosed with non-hereditary glaucoma. And so what that means is his blood vessels, his eyes are popping at, at an extreme rate and that he was diagnosed with this and given a short-term plan for vision, which means he was going to lose his vision shortly. And so at the time when we left, he was given 60 days. And still to this day, which is after 60 days, he still has eyesight, so that's good. But it is deteriorating. Yeah. And so when we went on this trip, it, it it was about Spanky and about helping veterans. But it also came into just about life. And I think one of the best things that we got out of this, because of the two of the two people in the world that should be doing something like this, a heavy duty trip across country, is a guy that has a broken hip and a guy that's not <laughs> blind. And so, <laughs> when you put it that way, Dan, it's it's definitely not a combination for success. But it's you know. not. It, but you know, it, but I think the positive came out of this because when I left, you know, obviously I talked to my my paid manager doctor before I left and, and told her what I was doing, and, and she pretty much told me you're crazy, and that. In all honesty, I had a chance of my femur fracturing and me falling on the ground with a broken leg and nothing they could do about it. And, you know, when I told Joe that, he's like, screw it. He's like, we're both hurt. Let's do this. And I was like, you know what? That's the way we're going to do this. And so we just joked about it that by the end of this, I'm going to be on his back. He's going to be carrying me, and I'm going to tell him where to go because he won't be able to see. <laughs> and that's just the way we lived. We, we yeah. both expected it, and we said, you know what? Hey, screw it. But I think the biggest thing that came out was you can just do anything you want. doesn't matter what's holding you back. Just go for it and do it. You know, Joe could have had a million reasons not to do this trip. You know, he's just diagnosed with this. He's going to be losing his sight. He's got a lot of things to set up, you know. I mean, if you think about it, if you're losing your sight, what are you going to do with your house, your car, what your your life is? Yeah. I'd want to start and, getting prepared for it and practicing. And I mean, that would just exactly. that would crush me. I mean, you know I can't even imagine He's like, screw it, let's go. And I was like, and I and I had already set my mind how I was going. I don't care if my fever breaks. I, you know what I told my doctor? I said, then it makes the decision for me. I said, I have decided not to do a hip replacement for 10 years now because I'm waiting for technology to catch up to the highest level and that I'm going to put off this as long as possible because that's just who I am. I said, if my fever breaks, it makes the decision for me. And Joe is the same way. He pretty much said, hey, you know what? If I go blind, I go blind. It happened, but I'm going to go and do this, and I'm going to do this adventure. And I think that's one of the biggest things that came out because we motivated a lot of people when we talked to them in this trip. Uh, you know, we'd show up and we'd have a small group of people that knew we were coming, or a VFW that was having a little get together for us, or an impromptu. You know, where we would show up in a, in a town like Myrtle Beach. We showed up there. We were on the boardwalk, and we we're just hanging out on the boardwalk. And the news was interviewing us, and we had a crowd of people around us. And we just started talking about what we're doing and why we're doing it. You know, we both discussed our issues. And while the people in the crowd weren't military and they, they didn't have a whole understanding of it, they could relate to it part of their life and said, you know, I could, just, I could just do it. You know, stop holding myself back from whatever I'm doing. I'm just going to go do something. If I wanted to be an astronaut, I'm going to try my best to be an astronaut. And it's, you know, the sort of the kid story that we always have, you can be whatever you want to be. Right. Uh, I, think, I think as adults, we lose some of that. We lose why do you think why do you think we lose that, Dan? Because I mean that's what that's what the Kick Ass Radio Show is all about is helping people have that unstoppable attitude and to be able to go out there and take those risks and do those things and believe in themselves like you guys did. Why do you think people have that fear that 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 they don't go out there and really truly live the life they want to live? Because they're too worried about being safe, you know. And that's it sounds crazy, and that's one of the things that sets Joe and I apart from the world is that. We threw caution to the wind and went for it. You know, I had a chance of breaking my leg. Joe had a chance of going blind. But yet, you know what? We walked away from everything we had and went and did this because we wanted to, because we believed in the call. And that's all that mattered. We believed in our dogs. We believed that they saved our lives, that we wanted to make sure other veterans and families had that same opportunity. And that's it. You know, we we sacrificed our lives for our country. We sacrificed everything we had. You know, Joe's going to be going blind. If he would have never joined the military, he would have never been introduced to TBI because of an explosion. You know, if I had never jumped out of a truck during a firefight, I would have never put my femur through my pelvic bone and probably been walking perfectly fine the rest of my life. But you know what? Because we wanted to. And now we, you know, it's easy for us to turn around and give ourselves 
a negative view of ourselves and say, hey, you know what, I, I, I can't do that. You know, and I went through that. I, I went through that for a little bit in 2004 or 5 when I was really sort of depressed a little bit of the fact that, you know, hey, look, I, I'm 20-some years old and I need a hip replacement. I can't do these things. It hurts to walk. It hurts to sit. You know, I've got a hole in my hip. And then it finally took one of my doctors telling me, hey, look, you know, there's nothing we can do for you. You're jacked up. He's like, the best we can do is just burn that hip out. Destroy that damn thing. He's like, because there's nothing else we can do for you. He's like, either we replace it and you live with that, or you can just turn around and just have fun with it, deal with the pain, and move on with your life. Right. And from, from that day forward, I've done that. You know, I run tough putters. And I don't know if you know what that is, but going out and running a tough putter is a 12-mile off the course. You yeah. Know, how many how many guys you know that have a hip replacement or need a hip replacement are out running a a twelve mile obstacle course? Not many. <laughs> Not me. And <laughs> I've got and that. I, I, I purposely do it. With. And I, I purposely do it because it gives me that sensation of knowing that I can still do stuff. Yeah. And it's, I'll tell you how motivating it is: is you go out to do one of those races and there's a guy in a wheelchair doing it. And wow. That, yeah, <laughs> that's I've, awesome. I've seen it. You go out there, there's a guy in a wheelchair with a team of friends that are pushing him through the same obstacle you're running through. You know, and you know we what? sit there. Okay. No, I was just I was going to say, the point you're making, Dan, is really super important. I want to make sure the listeners really catch on to this, is, is just get out of your own way and, and just, you know, go out there and experience things and believe in yourself and trust in yourself that you're going to do that. I, I just, when you said a wheelchair, it just, it, it dawned on me. I've never, I've been, I love music and I love going to concerts and stuff. I've never crowd surfed. Number one, because I'm afraid that somebody's going to try to grab my shit and I'm not going to like that, um, unless it's a girl. Or, you know, somebody's going to drop me or I've just never done it because I've been scared. But I just recently watched um, Rock on the Range or something like that on Palladia. And there were people in wheelchairs crowd surfing and I'm like, what do they have to lose? You know, somebody dropped. But I'm just like, how trusting and how awesome is that? How exhilarating is that to get out there and actually do that? I mean, I need to take that advice, too. I mean, I, I have fun, but, you know, sometimes I'm like, well, you know, practical and all that other crap. But I think what you're saying is, is awesome, dude. So what are you guys going to work on now? What's what's the future for Operation Spanky? And, and, and I just want to say this publicly on the air. Whatever I could do here in Southern California to help with that, you know, please let me know because I'd, I'd love to be an advocate for you guys and, and, and whatever I could do because I love animals and I love our military and, and I just I just believe in what you guys are doing. So I just want to say that. But what do you guys what, – what's the future hold for you guys? You know, it, it's it's great things. And the, the initial right now, the next few months, I am in the process of getting the paperwork together and building the infrastructure for us to start the actual program of giving out food and, and – the low-cost veterinary care or helping veterans with their pets and keeping their pets. Um, again, we started this in March with the idea. We did the fundraising where we raised, I didn't, I didn't mention it, but we raised, we're finishing up the numbers, but we're going to be somewhere between twenty and, and probably $22,000 that we raised in 30 days. So that's absolutely amazing. And it was all done with almost no planning, just us traveling across country and telling our story. And so right now, from now for the next few weeks to probably three months, we're building the infrastructure. Um, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of programs to follow and, and copy, so this is sort of a build-as-we-go type thing. And so we're in the process of building that. I've got some people that are helping me put the program together and, and come up with the forms and how we're going to build this. Just to give you an idea of how interested people are for this support, um, the Navy Marine Corps Relief Society at Camp Lejeune has already reached out to us and asked us, when can we start getting people to you so that you can help them? And if you don't know, since you're not in the military, the Navy Marine Corps Relief Society is a huge organization that helps uh, Marines and, and, and mostly Navy, but was open to any military service by supporting them with small grants or loans when they have financial issues. Uh, for example, if they're, you know, let's say their car broke down at their own mode of transportation and it's $1,000 to fix it. You know, a junior military member may not have $1,000 in their bank account to do it. They can go to the Navy Marine Corps Relief Society and they'll help by giving them a low-cost grant or, or finding a other way to fix your vehicle. And so that's a huge organization that's already reached out to us to ask for our support. And so we can't, you know, obviously turn our back and say, hey, look, we're working as fast as we can to get this built and put together. So in the short term is getting everything lined out and ready to go so that we can start helping veterans and military families. Um, big picture-wise, Joe and I uh, 
have talked about doing this again next year. And so um, things will probably change a little bit next year. Uh, obviously, we live and learn, and, and we want to make it the best best program possible. So we are looking at doing some different things next year. But I don't know exactly when. We're probably going to shoot for the the same time, sometime April, May time frame, because it's beautiful weather. And, you know, we're looking for ideas, and we're looking to partner with people. Uh, one of the best things that came out of this whole trip, along with raising the funds, was meeting connections and talking with other veterans. Uh, we met a veteran in Texas who was a paraplegic. And it, actually, I was friends with his wife, and when we came through Texas, we ended up having lunch. And come to find out, her husband loves golf. And so Joe and I, right after the the trip was done, were invited to go play in a golf tournament for Garmin up in Michigan. And, you know, this gentleman, Tommy, he said, you know, I love golf and actually I, I love playing golf and he's, you know, I want to be, a, be able to play more golf. And so Joe and I worked it out through our connections, through some help of the Operation Keep Your Spanky program by just meeting people. We met some people that actually made it possible for him to fly up from Texas to Michigan to play in this golf tournament with us at the beginning of June. Wow. And it's it's things like that that would have never, ever happened. We changed his life by just getting him out and having him fly all the way up to play at the Dolman Golf Tournament. And it's things like that because of this whole adventure that a veteran's life is a little bit better. And it was wow, just that, that. It may not that. be specifically for pets, but you know what? I guarantee Tommy's life is better because he got the chance to fly up and play in a big golf tournament with us and have a good time and and it was a, I mean, Gar- Garmin did it up great. They were one of our sponsors for the program, and then they brought us up to this and actually surprised us uh, by honoring the Operation Keep Your Spanks program and donating $9,800 to us because of this charity golf tournament. And they surprised wow. us by inviting us up and doing this. Yep. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. It was completely, uh, we had talked about coming up this golf tournament and everything was, you know, that was all it was, was just golf tournament, coming up to enjoy the time. You know, they fed us and took care of us and things like that. But at the end of it, during the award ceremony, where the, the charity golf tournament gives out to all the charities, uh, Rob, who is the, the VP of marketing, called us up and said, you know, obviously we heard about you during your adventure. We helped you with some products. We want to help you again, and here's a check for $9,800. Wow, was, that's phenomenal. Joe and I, are, all of us were blown away. You know, I was in tears standing at the at the front of everybody, just amazed at that outpouring of support. So, aren't I mean, yeah. fantastic. I mean, it, it, it's uh, it's it's incredible what the what the human uh, tribe can actually do when we put our minds to it. So, Dan, we're running out of time. I want to make sure um, where can people get a hold of you? Where can they donate to Operation Spanky? I'm going to make sure all the information's on online, but just uh, give give your contact information for those people out there who want to get in touch with you and continue this conversation. Most definitely. The best way is for everybody to check out the website, keepyourspanky.com, our foundation page, which is dreamersfoundation.org. And on that page, it has all the contact information. Our email is very simple. It's keepyourspanky at gmail.com. Our phone number is on there. All of our address and everything is on there. That's the easiest way for people to get in touch with us. Now, if you're looking to donate, uh, we have a PayPal account that is up and running. If you go on to there, there's a link straight to our PayPal account. All you got to do is go in and, and click PayPal. It'll send you to the PayPal link, and you can donate whatever you like. Um, if you want to get in touch with us and help us and, and come up with ideas, please feel free to reach out to reach out to us. Uh, we're always looking for support. Uh, one of the best things that's come out of this is that we've got some, we had a local uh, accounting firm in eastern North Carolina that has stepped up and offered their services pro bono to help us get our accounting stuff in order and our financial stuff. And so if you have a professional service that you're able to help, that's another way we can always use help um, in that. So if you're out there and, you know, you want to donate some legal services or, or some other kind of service that would be beneficial to a nonprofit, we would love to talk with you. And that's, you know, we're still a growing nonprofit. And with my plans to take this nationwide, we're going to need a lot of support from everybody, you know, anybody and everybody out there that, that has an opportunity to help, we would love to hear from you. So that's going to be the best, the best contact for us. 
Awesome, Dan. I, I can't thank you enough for being on the Kick-Ass Radio Show and sharing your story and sharing your passion for um, our men and women in armed services and our and our furry friends that keep us companions uh, through thick and thin and sharing your story with uh, with with um, with the uh, geez, my brain just uh, farted. Um, Joe, Joe, um, you know, sharing his story. Uh, my heart goes out to him. When I read that today, I did some did some intel work on you guys, and I re- I learned about him uh, potentially losing his eyesight or will lose his eyesight, and my heart just broke for him. Um, so I will make sure for you guys listening out there, I'm getting emotional. Um, when you guys out there, I'll make sure that all of their contact information is on the kickassradioshow.com webpage. So if you just go to the kickassradioshow.com, of course, uh, Dan's information will be there. Um, so Dan, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I really appreciate it. And again, you know, offline, I'm happy to help however I possibly can, um, you know, spreading the word here on the radio show or offering coaching services or, you know, just being a loud mouth in the crowd, you know, whatever I could do. Um, so keep that keep that keep that shit up, dude. It's uh, it's seriously kick ass. And uh, again, thank you for being on the show. I'm gonna put you in touch with also Janine Lutz. Um, I think she, I think you guys could uh, could collaborate very well. I mean, she's very super passionate about um, our returning men and women. I think that that would be a great partnership. Um, so we'll, you and I will talk offline again. But for my listeners, thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening, and uh, I appreciate it. Uh, if you guys uh, have any questions, you know you can always email us at the show info at the kickassradioshow dot com. Um, you know, guest ideas, show ideas, anything you guys got, you know, you guys can always get a hold of me. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking with uh, who are we going to be talking with next week? We're going to be talking with Ed Tate. Ed Tate is a, is a professional speaker, communication strategist. He's going to be coming on here and sharing ways we can have better interpersonal and public conversations, which is something very important because everybody has their fucking face and a goddamn phone. Sorry uh, for you guys out there under the age of 10. Um, there's this thing called a conversation that we should be having. So uh, Ed's going to be on here helping us uh, improve our conversations next week. Uh, so until next time, Dan, thank you so much for all you're doing. Thanks, Spanky, for me. Um, thank Deanne for me. Thank Larry for me. And uh, and I look forward to meeting you and shaking your hand one day. Most definitely. Chris, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Uh, I hope you're inspired by what we did. Just remember to go out there and, and, and live life. I think that's one of the biggest things we took away from this is no matter what, what things you're facing, just live life and have a good time with it. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better my, myself, my friend. All right, guys, and until next week, have a kick-ass week. Have a kick-ass attitude. Don't let anybody stop you or get in your way. We'll see you next week.